0: Welcome into Eleven Personnel, presented by our friends at Monticello Bank. Where today we're having a special edition of the show. It's officially a meeting of the Josh Caddis fan club. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett, and we're joined today by our friend Josh Caddis, Kentucky tight end, coming off his first season in Lexington. And Josh, first and foremost, how you feel, man? H- happy you're on the show. Are you still? Are you still picking cardinal bird teeth out of your arm from the Governor's <laughs> Cup?
1: something like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm excited to be on the show. I'm doing good and yeah, I'm uh, whatever whatever that is.
0: Yes. Good. Well, I am we're glad you're happy, healthy, didn't go through spring ball, but we're feeling good. Summer workouts are on underway on campus and so everything's going to be a full go for the season.
1: Is that yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to be 100% by August. Uh, we're ramping up Workouts right now. I'm feeling feeling really good, feeling explosive. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, when it comes to August to get the pads on. I've been waiting a long time for that.
2: So Josh, when you caught that pass and broke the first tackle, when did you know you were going to get caught? Did you know it all? <laughs> or, <laughs> when did you run out of gas? Where? where ha, ha, walk us through that. that Man, I program. ran out.
1: Of, I ran out of gas. I ran out of gas. I just, that's one thing I'm working on right now. I got. I'm working on getting bigger, faster, stronger. So. So that won't ever happen again, but um, we still got that nice stiff arm in at the end. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't the plan, but um, but again, we're going to make sure that doesn't happen this year. Well, I,
0: I jokingly said it, but it, it's kind of true. We are card carrying members of the Josh Caddis fan club. Um, and I wanted to ask Luckett, if you could explain, do you remember the first time where you're like, okay, this guy's a dude right here. Do, do you remember that experience, Luckett?
2: Well, I mean, we gotta go back like we first when Josh committed, right, we kinda dig into the tape and I remember telling you Ralph, like, wow, this dude like cococks people on the football field. Like this is a guy we probably need to watch. And then I think it was the first open practice we went to, Josh. You were uh you were kinda letting some of the defenders have it there during practice and we were all like, Whoa, what is up with this kid? And then all the coaches kind of, you know, yeah, that's kinda what he does. He he kinda obliterates people blocking wise. And so, like, for my question for you, really, um, yeah, we are we uh, we are uh, Josh Candice uh, fan. If you had a fan club, we would be on the board of directors, no doubt. <laughs> but, nice. but, like, for you, like, when did when when did you realize? Wow, I'm really good at this blocking thing. How young were you? And then, like, how much do you kind of like take pride in in that point point of your game?
1: Yeah. Um... I definitely noticed that from an early age. It was something that my dad had always harped on me on was, you, you don't stop until the whistle blows. So you keep blocking till the whistle blows. And that's just something I've carried on with me through through high school, as you, you can see it early on in my tape there. But you know that's something I do take pride on because that's just the physical toughness of the game and just trying to wear people out um, for four quarters. Um, but that's just something I've always brought with me, and um, I think it's a, it's a valuable skill of my game, and uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. It's fun out there to do that. But um, yeah, it's something I've I've always kind of had with me, and my dad's always always harped on me about. It, even it, now. it's
0: it's also one of those things too that like not many people say blocking is fun. You know, there's a bunch of guys who you know they're trying to lose weight so they can catch passes. Uh, that sort of thing uh, but like you said you were early from your dad he was uh, a ball player back in the day played at Michigan with coach Harbaugh and uh, also for the Cincinnati Bengals so what what was that like kind of growing up in a football family especially the oldest where you're kind of you got a it's a whole crew in the Caddis household playing football
1: uh, and it was awesome I got to learn a lot from him because he's been through all the all the things I'm going through right now he's been through so it's kind of it was really nice to have someone to lean on like that, and especially being in the pro level and getting to play against some of the best players um, in the world. So uh, he's been someone I've leaned on. I still lean on to this day, and I'm, I'm very thankful for him. And then also just um, I got my two little brothers now, which I'm, I'm trying to implement that on them as well. So um, they can lean on me just like I leaned on my dad. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome growing up in a football family, even my mom. My mom's all into it, too, so <laughs>
0: well, it's exciting. You, you you were the first to really go in this newer process. I think NIL had just kicked off the summer before you got here, and that's part of the reason why you're here today is because you've got some NIL events coming up this week uh, out at Evans Orchard uh, tomorrow from 5.30 to 8, and also this weekend at Country Boy Brewing in Georgetown from 3 to 6, an adopt-a-thon for dogs and cats. We'll get to more of that later, but – the nil aspect of things—are you having to kind of tell them like, all right, watch out for this? Is there h- how is that kind of involved in college football um, that you deal with on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, I think I think kind of at first uh, it w- it was kind of it, f- it was kind of foggy, you know, is no one really knew how it worked and and kind of what the deal on was that. But I think as time's starting to go on, NIO is starting to become a lot more clear. And, you know, the big thing is you don't, you don't have to be a big company to come in and join on on the collective and helping out some of these student athletes. But um, I, for me personally, I just enjoy getting out in the community and, and doing different events like the dog adoption event we got going on tomorrow and Saturday, uh, just helping out the, the city of Lexington. But like I said, it's starting to become more clear, and I think we'll see a lot more guys start to utilize their name, image, and likeness. Um, on this team and throughout the country.
0: If, if, if there's anybody out there who's like, you know what, I want Caddis come out here. He doesn't have to, you know, stiff arm any cardinal birds. But how do they uh, get in touch with you if, if they want to see if you want to come out to one of their events?
1: Uh, it's something so they could reach out to me personally through all my social media. I'm sure uh, y'all could plug those if that's and that's okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> we'll happily. Plug and
1: then that. also um, Eddie Grand, who who works with that. Uh, here in the UK offices he's someone that y'all can get in touch with who has been helping us out uh, with the NIL stuff as well
2: so Josh like company ABC comes to you ask you to do something what's your kind of process with that on when you're doing decision making are you talking to your parents are you talking to Eddie like what is kind of a what kind of process do you go through about deciding what you want to get into um, with any type of NIL work uh yes, sir. Uh it it's something I I, I think very
1: carefully about It's something I, I talk to my parents and, and Eddie about, uh, making sure this is uh how I wanna represent my name, image and likeness and um what we're all gonna do to uh help benefit the community and stuff. And um it, it's it's something that you kinda have to think deeply about because it's it's it surrounds your name. Um, you know, and Um, that's kind of the process I've been going through is just talking back with my family and talking with Eddie and, um, some of the people around me kind of giving me advice. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of what I've been.
0: Well, I think attaching your name to puppies is a good start. Um, if if you were a dog, what kind of dog
1: would you be, Josh? Ooh, (laughs) that's a good question. Um, I want to say, I want to say English Mastiff. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. I, I like, like it. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the, the Sandlot dog, right? Yes, sir. I say that because I got two I got two big English masters at home and I love oh, wow. them. I love them. They're uh, they're good dogs, but they're they're intimidating. They're intimidating dogs and they're and they're big, but they like to play and they're and they're rough, too. So, I mean, those those are definitely my favorite dog. I think that would be if I was a dog, that'd be what I'd be English massive. Just I, I just
2: envision in the Cincinnati suburbs, uh, three caddis boys and 2 English <laughs> masters just going at it in the backyard. <laughs> the ball's on the do. ground. Boost ball,
0: man. That's, that's yeah. a dangerous place to be. Uh, <laughs> speaking of looks, you, you, you used to have the, the flow. And, and I'm one of those, too. I envy anybody that can grow the flow, that can have the hair
1: flowing out of the back of the helmet. Why, why'd we ditch the flow? I had to. I had to. It wasn't a look. So I actually'm rocking with the fade right now. I got, I got cut up uh, a, a last week, um, so I I don't know. It's just something I had to change. Uh, my parents didn't really like the flow too much. <laughs> they weren't a fan of it, and so they strongly advised me against it. But um, you know, if you can rock the flow, if you can rock the flow, rock the flow. But uh, honest, personally, right now I'm, I'm rocking with a nice fade on the side. High and uh, tight, yes sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Yep.
0: Keeping, yeah. It, keeping it classy.
2: Mom knows best. Mom does know best. Yes, <laughs> you know, when, sure. mom,
1: when mom says she, she isn't a fan of, uh, of the mullet, that I'm. Uh, I'm gonna have to <laughs> stop with
0: that. Uh, Josh, I want to ask uh, an, another football question before we get you out the door because I, that that tight end room can be a little intimidating. A lot of old dudes. Vince has been. Coaching that position for a long time, CJ obviously was there that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you didn't really hesitate. What, what was your kind of mindset going into last season to to be able to play in spite of having seemingly four or five guys ahead of you when you when you walked onto campus?
1: You know, it's at the end of the day, it's just competition. Uh, competition is going to drive the best out of each and every one of us. And I, I really just wanted to come in and compete, and I knew I had an opportunity to play. That Coach Coach Merrill told me that uh, early in the recruiting process that I had a chance to come here and play. And so I just took each and every day to get better, and every rep uh, I got the chance to go in in a game or in, in practice. I, t- I tried to take advantage of that and do the best that I could. Um, and and that's really what it was. I, I I personally like to compete. It's going to be the same thing this year. We got a lot of competition in the room, and but at the end of the day, that's going to make us the best players. So, um, I I really believe that's kind of what it was. Just having having some talented guys in the room that you not only got to learn from, but you got to compete with every day.
0: We we had Josh if you want to ask another. Other Josh on the YouTube chat. If, if what what was special about Kentucky that really set it apart from all of the the other schools you considered?
1: I'd definitely say the family. You know, the coaching staff is something that uh, they they treat you like family. You we're all really close, and they spend a lot of time with you and uh, developing relationships with you, especially you know with me on the off- offensive side of the ball. And obviously, some, also something with me was that kind of stood out was I'm an hour and a half. Uh, and away, and I can play in the SEC, you know. And, and there's a lot of cool stuff going on in the SEC right now with the additions of Texas and Oklahoma, and I'm I'm excited to be a part of that as well. But um, you know, the University of Kentucky is just special. The football program we have here is special, and um, I think we're going to see that in 2023.
2: Josh, you mentioned that 2024 Texas or. Like you all have to play this season, right, but the next season after that, no divisions, you're gonna get to go to all these stadiums and play in them. are are guys talking about that in the locker room? Is there some excitement about that moving forward like man, we get to go we get to go play at Texas like Oklahoma's gonna come to our house. Um, we get to play Alabama more, more. Are you all talking about that kind of the future of the SEC because you are gonna live that? I mean, it's not that far away.
1: Yes, sir. You know, it's something mentioned here and there. But honestly, most of our guys, we're really focused on that Ball State game. Uh, We're really focused on 2023 because, you know, we kind of saw what happened last year. didn't go our way too much last year. And so we're really trying not to look that far ahead. We're really locked in and dialed in on this year. But, you know, obviously that's something some of the guys have been, oh, that's pretty cool. That's exciting. But really, we're just dialed into Ball State in the 2023 season.
0: Another Cardinal you can punch in the face. Uh, <laughs> I, we're going to get you out of here. You can find Josh. It's Wednesday. and he's. He, it's not just Josh, too. There's four or five Kentucky football players that are going to be out in Georgetown Wednesday at Evans Orchard, 530 to 8. And also Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. at Country Boy Brewing. Come meet the cats. Maybe get a new cat uh, mm-hmm. or a dog. It, the time yeah. is now to adopt some animals of Scott County Humane Society. Yes, uh, sir. But well,
1: – Sorry, I mean No, you. you got it. Go. Uh, go. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, uh at, in Georgetown, we're gonna have Derek Jackson, Trevin Wallace, Isaiah Cummins, and Marcus Cox. And there should be there's about eleven pit bull puppies that'll be available tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. Nice. So if you like your pit bulls, um oh, gosh, you gotta come so out. Yep. It. And then I think on Saturday we'll have a whole whole variety of cats and dogs and stuff, and that and there we'll be joined with uh Justice Dingle, Jordan Dingle marcus cox and
2: dane key awesome we'll come out and see them um, that's that's wednesday for those listening at home wednesday yeah june june 21st if you want to get the pitbull puppies but josh uh, yeah thanks for when you clobber some people we will publicize it just just <laughs> yeah, know that so, we, we yeah, have that yeah. it will it I will I go think. online yeah what about sure what it'll.
1: about those uh those those t-shirts the uh the um the ass kicker T-shirts. Are, are yeah. those
2: oh. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we'll got happen. something in the mix. It yeah. can be in no your nil, your nail package. <laughs> uh, the ass kicker.
0: Um, hey, are you you're a Cincinnati guy? Are you are you drunk on the Reds Kool Aid right now too? Because I'm even drinking it. I didn't. I never. Good. I never thought I was a baseball guy, and here I am. I was watching baseball last night on Pins and Needles.
1: It's <laughs> they're weird. playing well right now. I, I actually got to go to that uh, that game where uh, Coach Merrill got to, and Devin got to throw and catch the uh, the first pitch, yeah. so uh, we got to go see that game. But I'm I am I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I love when the Reds do well, you know, as a Cincinnati. so, who
0: who who had a more impressive performance? Devin throwing it or Vince catching it?
1: Ooh, that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Coach Merrill, he, he he surprised me, man. He went out there, he caught that. He looked smooth out there. They both did their thing. I don't know if Devin had any heat on there or I if he could have put a little bit more heat on there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was really funny. It was a good time. So they both did a good job.
0: Well, Josh, we appreciate you coming on. Hopefully fans will come see you out there this week uh, at Evans Orchard and uh, Country Boy Brewing. Get some dogs, get some cats. And um, we'll get those ass kicker shirts. We'll get those printed ASAP. <laughs> just,
2: you, just, you, just, you just remember, Josh, when you make it big and you – <laughs> they're calling you the ass kicker the next level who who came up with that name just don't forget I that
1: you. i won't i won't well it was it was an absolute honor to be on this show and i'm very very thankful for y'all support and have me on here
0: that's awesome Thank you, josh caddis josh yes turkey tied yeah. in number 84 in your program number one in our hearts it was a lot of fun like it um you know i because here's the thing, like, when we do this, we, sometimes we get borderline weird with it because, like, I mean, he's just an 18-year-old kid. Yeah, coach. I didn't I'm, even,
2: like, you don't know, like, we call him the ass kicker, but I didn't want to say, you know, <laughs> cause he didn't even like, look at, you know, why is this grown man calling me an ass kicker? <laughs> but it's good to it's good to know that Josh is maybe listening or someone's telling him yeah, about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're We're, we're reaching the masses. Uh, but it was fun having him on. Also, my wife is... Gosh, if, if she if if I drug her out there to Georgetown on Wednesday, there's no way we'd come home without a puppy. So I'm oh,
2: gonna... yeah, <laughs> that's just yeah, that's um, a dangerous game you play. <laughs> I'm the, when I moved in with my wife Nick, I I don't know if we were together for two weeks in the same house and we were getting a dog, <laughs> and it was just like we're going to see this dog, and next thing I know, I'm at PetSmart. We're spending five hundred dollars on dog supplies. I'm like what the hell is going on? I was like, <laughs> what, what has just happened? And then, yeah, then our second dog, Moose, just kind of boom, boom, happened. Um, he was there one day. He was visited one day. He was living with me the next day. But, yeah, that's that's how it goes. Yeah, I, we can't go to things like that or I'll, we will bring a dog home.
0: <laughs> well, uh, you know, hopefully you, y'all can make it out there, bring the kids, pet some dogs. And I believe, too, that they have a – a sort of deal. I, I I lost the details in front of my face, but I believe they have a deal where it's a little bit cheaper than normal. So go check them out. Uh, appreciate having Josh on the show. And I, I did bring up the Reds like it because we're going to get into some more nitty gritty stuff. But dude, I'm just, I cannot believe that I'm excited to watch baseball right now. It is, I'm the biggest hater. I love, it's like a passion of mine is hating on baseball. But watching Ellie De Cruz hit a baseball. To the first baseman and then get to the first base before yeah. him?
2: It, it just – what the, it's like watching Josh Caddis block. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah, I mean, they're a fun team to watch right now because the starting pitching isn't great. So they're giving up a lot of runs, but they're scoring. And it's not just – they're not just playing long ball. You know, they're getting station mm-hmm. to station. They're still in bases, doing hit and runs, all that it's type kind of, of like stuff. And they
0: of Kentucky a little bit once this year. I mean, and they're, yeah, there's no they're, way they did a cruise on the team, but, you know. They're
2: they're a young team. They've got a lot of new parts, and they're all, all kind of figuring it out, and they've got guys that are kind of getting better with each week. So it's been fun. And then, you you know, you bring a, one of the franchise best players of all time back, and he comes and hits a home run in his first game and kind of gets the crowd pumped up. And they got this long winning streak rolling, and now they're in first place. And I that, that was not on my baseball bingo card coming into the year. Red's in first place at the end of June. Uh, so they have, like, you know – they have a legit chance to make the playoffs this year, which I don't think anybody saw coming. And so that that is – it's very exciting. And then they got another young guy that's going to come up here probably in the next month, on Strand. And so they just got a lot of fun pieces right now. It's a good time to be a Reds fan. And if only we could get the games on TV. <laughs> that's the only – I heard you asking about it, but I was like, it wouldn't, we don't watch the games on TV. We watch through Twitter because it's pretty much impossible to get a Reds game here in the Bluegrass State.
0: Um, I, it's also a uh, bad timing. I have the mosquito guy coming to my house right now. So apologize for the background noise for a little bit, but, um, I did at least figure out, uh, my father-in-law's login will work to stream online. So can at least do that. We can go to chaos bar and we can watch great reds bar. So if you're drinking, um, the Kool-Aid as well, go check them out there. Um, I've never even, I never even placed a bet on a baseball game before. And I was just like, "Ooh, so what's this?" And uh, money line hitting uh, down in Houston. Yeah, it's you crazy. You can do.
2: There's a bit. You can do you no know, run line. That's a very popular one, which kind of gives you, I think, like an sp- actual spread. Where or you could play money line over unders. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of gambling you can do baseball wise. So yeah, imagine that sport that <laughs> you can gamble. <laughs> Who would have thunk of that? Who would have thought this worked?
0: Oh man. Uh, which, and the College World Series has been pretty fun, too. So, mm-hmm. I'm, it's one of those things. I was a big hater of summer and sports, but um, I, I've, we've, we've gotten a lot of entertainment out of it. Uh, between that and then uh, an eventful month of June recruiting, uh, which two weeks. They basically spent luck. Like, it was from Wednesday... The second Wednesday of the month to the third Sunday, they were just hosting recruits nonstop. Maybe there would be like a day or two in there where they didn't have official visits, but then they would have official visitors in. Um, That wrapped up on Sunday. I don't think we're going to have any more, and we got a commitment out of it. Jaden LaFontaine. Well, two, really. Five-star kick, kickers. It's a kicker. I mean, well, we'll get into that. But let's <laughs> we'll start with LaFontaine Lockett. What, what do you like about that guy?
2: Is that how you we're pronouncing it? Or is that just your guess?
0: I just have to say it with a French accent. And uh, I'm trying to be quick because the dude is literally right outside my window right now. So I'm trying All right,
2: to. Be- I'll, I'll, I'll go on a little sp- uh, spiel here. Long story short, like, this guy's not ranked. By on three yet rivals in two four seven have him ranked. He's gonna end up being like low three star, maybe like in the mid eight hundred and nine hundred range. But I don't think people should overreact to recruiting rankings specifically on guards because this is a position you can. There's a depth of players, good volume players you can find, and there's a lot of things to like about Lothrand. Uh, first of all, like this is a big dude. I mean. Legit six three to six four with long arms, looks. I believe he's got three hundred plus pounds already. He's gonna be able to grow even more into that frame, and like when you do the combat exercises, like the math bomb charts in the size chart, he's gonna really check out well with height, weight, wingspan. So there's some really, I think, some things to like about him from that aspect. He has the body right now, and it's only going to get, I think, improved in a strength and conditioning program. And you watch him on tape, he does some really good things. Uh, Finishes blocks, can move people, has power at the line of scrimmage, shows play strength, and can also climb up to the second level, has some good foot agility, and finishes blocks and cuts off linebackers on the backside, um, and is able to get a bunch of knockdowns at the next level. And he's... What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Showed some ability as a puller, and even in Pass Pro, he's shown, one, he's got great frame and length, so it's hard to get around him, uh, but he seems like a guy to me that's been really well coached to this point, plays with a good base in Pass Pro. Yeah. There's a lot a lot to like about him, I think, and you team up him and Aba Selm. Um Abba. Aba, I'm still not sure. 100% sure how to You say
0: Abba, I say
2: Abba. <laughs> I just think that's a really good guard combo. top, right guard, put Selma at left guard. And you've got a, potentially two multi-year starters, I would project, potentially. And I think both these guys, Nick, have high ceiling, or excuse me, high floors. Mm-hmm. Like, I really feel confident that these both these guys are going to be able to play here. And then you kind of project guard moving forward. Ben Christman is the only, like, for sure thing, I think, after Horsey and Cox, the Ohio State transfer. After that, it's wide open about mm-hmm. who's going to get plugged in there. And you got to think, Jagger Burton's probably center full-time moving forward. Correct. I think Kobe Keenum is kind of a center-only player mm-hmm. at this point. After that, you guard is wide open. I think these guys could potentially, as a redshirt freshman in 2025, both these guys, I think, are going to be able to compete for a starting spot. And so I think there's a lot to like about guy, this guy. He had legit, like, it's one thing to have power five offers. It's another, Nick, to have official visits. I mean, he had five official visits scheduled in June. You know, now some people will say, well, that's not the schools you want to go against, but it's still power conference well, schools here, wanted him.
0: Here's the other thing, too, Luckett, that I find interesting, is that he had, as you said, he had five power five official visits. That means more to me than a guy who has offers – from Florida, Georgia, Alabama, but, like, visited Well, ones, it, you, you have know. to kind
2: of read between the lines. Because some of these kids in Georgia, Florida, these big areas, they'll just offer
0: teams. Yeah, he's, he's exactly. Gonna be a, they, they've got four kids that are going to go D1. We'll just offer all of them. And then we're really only recruiting one from that school. That's the right. kind of move that they make. Um, or it's, and,
2: like, offer to get him on campus to camp. Kind of offer, And
0: then see if he's good enough yeah. from there. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas the thing with LaFontaine that I I like, he's a wrestler, and so there's a lot of very translatable skills to that. Marcus Cox talked about it in the you spring. Can, you can you tell
2: know. on tape that he has some grappling background, the way yeah. he's able to move in his hand placement um, and how he flips his hips as a blocker. It's, so, yeah, I, I could see that. It's,
0: it's all about leverage. He's went to state titles. I mean, I don't think Connecticut's a – powerhouse for wrestling like we're in, in Big Ten country, per se. But he's reached the state championships in heavyweight division in wrestling. Um, so you got some good feet where you got some good athleticism there. Another thing, too, uh, I know the coaches were really impressed, too, that he wasn't, like, he was very solid. He wasn't, he, he came in, he Go, looked good. Well, that's uh, why I
2: say, on on tape, he just looks like a legit power conference. Like, yeah. like he looks like a guy who plays, on, who plays good football well, on Saturdays. And, it's and, not bad weight, it's good weight. And, and the tape wasn't just, I'm gonna maul you.
0: I, I'm heads up blocking just pushing somebody down. I mean, the first block is he's pulling down the line. The second one he's reaching somebody. The third one he's smashing somebody down into the ground. then you got a combo block where he's getting yeah. to that next level. Like there's a good the, the part that you mentioned too where he's been coached well, like I see that. He's at a prep school. And I guess that's just how it works in the Northeast. Like if you're good, you go to some, one of these prep schools uh, and play big time ball. Kentucky also offered his teammate who uh, reclassed down to 2025 to play offensive tackle and Maddie Augustine. So um, that, that'll that be one to watch for 2025. But uh, I know guards aren't exactly a, a sexy get by any means, um, but that's the kind of, you got to stack up wins with high four guys like this. And, um uh, and it also, I think, to it, his addition is the reason why you didn't see Fred Johnson, I think, become an addition. Because he's listed as an offensive tackle, but I don't think Kentucky was sold on him necessarily being an offensive tackle. Um, he probably fit in more as a guard. You know, he's right in that in-between stage. Uh, was it you who said he had some big Kenneth Horsey energy?
2: Or was that- yeah. Like, when I watched him, I saw, like, some... Guard, I think he was a guard first with tackle flex, Uh, but the thing with him is I think he was probably 6'3, 6'4, and so he just didn't have probably the size and the length. Johnson, so without having verified numbers, that's what it looked like to me. He just the size was probably the big issue, but he plays left tackle for Glenville,
0: yeah. Um, and Kentucky wasn't, uh, I don't want to say willing to reach, but if they wanted him, I mean, they could have. They could have made a move on him, and did, instead they they let him continue his recruitment. And uh, when Louisville gave him the chance to pounce, he he jumped right on it and, and committed during that official visit uh, yeah. to U of L.
2: And that's that's a guy like I think if Kentucky decided in December they wanted him, I think they could potentially Matt, make a
0: flip. Yeah, if they, yeah, yeah. But that's also um, we'll see down the road how other things shake out because. Uh, We'll, we'll talk about the kicker in a second, Lucky. But I did want to mention the biggest sort of concern right now among a lot of fans. First and foremost, it was just you had all of these kids that were, you know, were putting in RPM picks. There's crystal balls. Things look good, but there wasn't commitments. You get La Fenton to kind of, all right, well, there's one. But the other one was just a tackle. Because a lot of the guys, you're, you figure your 1A and 1B, sort of your your big fish are Shaq McRoy and uh, Jonathan Daniels, who officially visited Georgia last weekend. And those are your big fish, but the guys underneath them, they're all kind of going everywhere else. So, what could, if you could kind of – I don't want to say spin zone it, but like <laughs> – but I, I can see the spin zone. So, I, I'm wondering your read on the situation first, and then – seeing how it kind of lines up with what I'm thinking when it comes to Kentucky's offensive tackle recruitment.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you should be concerned about it. I think they've got some, they've got a chance here. Like, I think maybe if this is a par four, they hit a decent drive, but it maybe wasn't the, they're probably behind their playing partner. So they, they're going to have to hit a really good second shot, third shot. Um, and they might have a long punt they need to drain. Like I think they're behind. Like I think you should be a little concerned. And their recent results tell you you should be a little concerned about tackle recruiting. I mean, they've had some misses, and uh, McRoy has been a big target for a long time. Nick, you just have to worry where that's at right now. And then Jonathan Daniels was a nice surprise, but it's just going to be tough to get that kid, man. I and mean, you're you're up against some big time schools, and the local school there, Florida State, really wants him. Mm-hmm. and what are the backup options there? I just, you know, I don't know. Like, that's that's the concerning part. You're looking at, like, Mercer, Luneski, and, you know, Jack Hines was a guy I liked, another guy from the Northeast, but he just committed to Wake Forest and cancel Kentucky's OV. So, you know, other targets are going to emerge, but tackle is not guard. You know, like, there's only a few good prospects every year, and then it's you're fishing after that. So for See, Kentucky, that, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, that's probably the part of me that I think would just be the biggest concern is you feel good. Your three number one overall draft pick positions, quarterback, edge, offensive tackle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you get Brian Robinson, you've got two of the three covered up in high school. They're just harder to get in the portal. So that's, I think, where just my, I don't want to say concern is. Um, but at least, like, part of me is thinking that this is just June, if you really like some of these guys behind McCroy and Daniels, uh, because those, those are those are going to signing day no matter what. Like, even if you got one to commit, that might even be bad news. That might even be just him getting leverage elsewhere. So, yeah. th- those are going to signing day no matter what. But my the thing that I'm holding that hope on is that if you really, really like some of the guys behind him, you should be able to flip a dude from Georgia Tech or that commits to Wake Forest or that commits to – um Louisville. like you know no offense to them but if you really like and i and i think part of it is kentucky just didn't have a sense of urgency with those guys down the board early enough um and maybe they're waiting for some guys to emerge but that is the sort of i, I just think for me the part that uh, is hard for me to spin away is like some some positions you can have some guys pop up out of nowhere um uh, Jamarion Wilcox was kind of that way last year at running back. Running back, receiver. Some of those guys can just kind of they have huge years and they come out of nowhere. Don't feel like that's always the case with offensive tackle.
2: So yeah, you kind of know who you, you got to work with at this point. I think some of the angst has a lot to do with just slow start.
0: Slow mean, start like, in basketball. I think basket we had a board meltdown the other day just because basketball had Aaron Bradshaw bad news. <laughs> like I, yeah. you know I like,
2: just I just I think just recruiting wise, it's just they, you know, they they they're starting slow, and there's no, I think denying it. I've been on record thinking they, you know, they need to start faster. I, I don't think that's like, you know, that not non-negotiable. They should not have just five or six commits right now. But I mean, whatever. As long as they close, it doesn't. I mean, because it's at the end of the, you know, it's at the end of the day. Like it's like how many houses if you're a realtor, how many houses you sell in a year. If you only sell five and you're behind, but you end up closing, it doesn't matter, right? Like your boss right, is yeah. like, it doesn't yeah. matter, but you're not on you're not on pace. I guess is the argument. Like you're behind, you're behind pace, mm-hmm. uh, and so that, there's no doubt about that. And it just makes every time they miss on a target because of that, it, you just feel it just feels like mm-hmm. you're getting farther in the hole, farther in the hole. Uh, but overall, you gotta let the you gotta let the cake bake. You gotta let the string play out and see how they. They finish, you know, I kind of like what they're doing at receiver. Mm-hmm. They just don't hit on, mid, like, these three-star receivers, Nick. They just don't hit on them. This whole Mark Stoops tenure, there's been a couple that have been good here. You know, you're looking at, like, Josh Ali and Garrett Johnson, and that's, like, the list, you know. Yeah. And so, they need to find bigger fish. So, like, we Harley Gilmore was the name that popped up this weekend. It's kind of an interesting case because he's a late reclass you know, I like that because you're, ta- you're taking a swing on a guy. Um, do not – I just – you can get a three-star receiver at the end if you need one. Don't, right, right. Don't take a big – you know, a, you no need to take up a spot early. So I kind of like what they're doing there. But tackle is – tackles to me, the, the big concerning area because it's just a hard position to find. It's hard to recruit, and it's – You know, if you keep missing, you're just going to have to keep portal, 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 and that's where I think you could get into some trouble, potentially. Uh, But that's just kind of where they're at right now. Uh, They really need to land one of this McRoy or Daniels. If they don't, then you're you're taking some flyers on some guys at that point, in my opinion. And we'll see if it works. Uh, But what no, no matter what happens, though, I do think I do want to say sorry to cut you off there. But they got Cutter Bully in this class. Yeah, like they've got a quarterback. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, like, this is going to be a good class regardless because of that fact. Right. Full stop, bottom line. And then they might get Stone Saunders committed this summer. So they could have back-to-back. And they've never done that. Yeah. The whole Snoop's tenure. Uh, <laughs> they've never done that. And they, they're they're on the verge of doing that. And so that that is the most important position. Full well, stop.
0: I I appreciated one person who's like, what happened when we were getting – Dion Walker and Barry on Brown and Dane key. And he was listening to a lot of those guys from one, the highest rated recruiting class ever to uh, a bunch of guys that committed in the fall during Liam Cohen's first season. Like I think you're going to get a bump if you have some early success this fall, that's kind of what they're relying on. That's the way the schedule's shaping up. So I can't blame them for some of it. Um, so I, I, th- there is a level of trust that I have because they were able to do it last year despite lackluster results, despite a 7-5 and five season, and also despite being late to the punch with the collective game. I mean, wh- when they launched the 15 in October, right? Like that class, last year's class wasn't really a part of the collective's budget for the lack of a better term. That was the portal, and look how they performed in the portal. So uh, yeah. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sounding an alarm just yet. Um, especially because I think we're going to be getting some, you know, I'm expecting more commitments, not just Jaden Van Fontant, um, over the next two weeks. Um, but I also will, we'll say that, um, you know, there's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Here's the thing. Uh, the recruiting matters, the people matter, and that's, that's also the motto at Monticello Bank. That's right. They're going to take good care of you. They took great care of us last week when we were out there at their location in Lynn. Lind- What's the better about Monticello Bank? They have 21 branches, 14 different markets, and they're 128 years old. That means you know they're doing something right. They'll take good care of you at Monticello Bank. Visit them online at NBCBank.com or check out download the GoNBC mobile app bank anywhere with Monticello bank where people matter. Member FDIC equal housing winner, proud sponsors of 11 personnel. And, um, like it, they'll go far for you in Kentucky. They went pretty far to get a kicker, Montana, all the way to Mon freaking Tana to get a kicker in, uh, John Dutton land. What do we say? How do we say his name? Jacob Crow. Let's, let's call him Crow. Uh, did he I, have an R
2: there? here's okay Jacob K okay so K for kicker
0: here's me trying here's me being completely honest and candid because I have some similar takes about when we get when there's a new basketball freshman where it's like I can't I can't spin this anymore the kicker situation I just don't know what the hell's going on I feel as plugged in as I've ever been on this job in 10 years of doing it and I I just know everything that's going on over that facility except what the hell is happening with these specialists. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm clueless. It's Jay Bowler's first year. It's evidently, it's abundantly clear that he's not doing anything the way the old people used to do it. Brought in Mike Pryfer to really get into the minutiae of things as their quality control guy. So they're bringing in new guys. They got a punter late in the process to walk on from Alabama. But I don't know what's going to happen with the other guys because sometimes... They just come in and kind of clean house, but I don't know who's on scholarship, who's walking on. I don't know who's going to they're going to roll out the start of this all. I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm glad they got a guy. I don't know if he's going to be any good. And I also don't believe anything Colts kicking ever says for a second. Like, they've just, I, I'm, I'm done on Coles kicking. They, they, their rankings mean nothing to me. You can't just rate everybody a five star Coles kicking. Like, just because a kick can kick it very far. So I'm out. So one thing I know, I'm out on Colts kicking ratings. I'm with you on that one.
2: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not calling a kicker five star. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> if you think he's five star from the service, tip your cap. I, I'm not. I'm not even going to try to get into handicapping kicker rankings. So we'll we'll see. But I think I'll, the to me, it just tells you what they think about that room. Yeah, the current roster
0: that they're willing to go there for that.
2: I don't think there's a kicker that was inherited. That's probably. I think. I think Chance Poor is going to be the kickoff specialist. Mm hmm. But that, after that, I don't, you know, Wilson Berry, I think, is on the clock. I mean, he's yeah. going to be in a competition with a, walk, a walk, couple walk ons.
0: I heard Jackson Smith was probably punting instead of kicking the Danville kid. So. Yeah,
2: I have. Like, people have asked me about Jackson Smith. I just. Yeah, I. If you didn't, if people didn't bring his name, I wouldn't even know he's on the team. Like I just, I, he's a guy like you just totally forget about. So I don't know what's going on with him. I think the, the Alex Rayner they brought him from Georgia Southern is going to be there. place kicker this year, Place yeah. kicker and special and extra points guy. I would be surprised if he's not. And then this uh, guy, the, the Montana call or Jacob kicker. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I think it's Jacob. It's K U W E. Let's just right? call him Done. Jacob Dutton, all right? Jacob he's Dutton. Montana. We're just I he's think gonna, he's
0: joining the Dutton family ranch. I
2: mean, big leg. He's probably going to be the kickoff specialist next year.
0: See, and what's funny too, like is any sort of big leg guy. I mean, I saw Chance Poor kick sixty yarders in high school. I saw Jackson Smith. I don't know what that means in college. Like, it's I, just. Everyone, I mean, it's all. It's, it's like rolling the dice, man.
2: It's up. It's up. Like you know, I think Mark Stoops has compared it to a golfer. Like, what am I going to say? Make the kick, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like put. Hey, you see those? You see those two? You see those two posts? Those big split them, there. Kick, yeah. kick in between them, <laughs> split them.
0: Oh, I always, oh. I always,
2: I joked you know, that Jerry Jones talked to the kick. You know, Mayher had those problems.
0: Oh, that was great. I, yeah, was,
2: yeah, yeah. You see, and he was out on the field. Yeah, Jerry's <laughs> out there. You see those pipes? Split them. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, what do you say? What do you say to them? How, you know, you can't really. It's hard to coach them. You know, I
0: um, I was fascinated watching Pryfer work with kickers at camps because he was yeah. very meticulous, and, and that's what he's for. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm curious what exactly specifically he would look at with like mechanics and all that stuff. Um, but it was uh, I did get the chance to test my chop. I hadn't kicked in a long time, and um, this is a non-paid ad for the Indianapolis Children's Museum. When Baker gets a little bit bigger, look like that place, the inside is fine. It's like most children's museum, but the outside, they have this sports area where it's just like you name a sport, they have something for your kid to play. Whether it's street hockey, like you're the mighty D2 Mighty Ducks, tennis, uh, they got even little carts for you to race around like you're an indie car guy. They yeah. got it all. The putt putt was great because they had like a bunch of holes from Pete Dye courses, so you were. You're putting on, like, the Island Green, right? Or, like, 18 at Whistling Straits. Um, I might just
2: – Taylor and Becker, just leave me alone for yeah, two hours. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go over here and work the, work the turf greens. But um, what was also fun, they had a football area. You can go through the drills and the pads and yeah. uh, a lot of stuff for older kids. But they had goal posts. They had one for kids. Then they had a regulation size. And um, I used to, when we were in middle school, we would, we would go over to Ho- – Holy Cross would leave their football field unlocked. We go over there on the field. We kick field goals, throw a football, just have ourselves a time. And I could bang forty yarders when nobody's rushing me and I got time. Like kicking a football, not that hard. If you have any sort of athleticism, you just, as Stoop said, you just kick it. And so I hadn't done it in a long time, and I've been I've been working out a little bit more this summer. I was like, okay, well, let me let me see what I got. And man, I hooked it like I was fifty feet from the green, and I was just coming across on my wedge. So ended up only one for three, but that one, it felt good. I was like, you know what? This could be, this ain't too bad. Like I can get back to, to in the swing of things, if you will. <laughs> uh, but uh, good times. Ne- need to make that more of a, cause kicking targets, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, so just kickers. Go out there and just yeah. hit your targets.
2: But Yeah, but I think, you know, a lot of people's criticism You know, we don't, I don't know what to expect. Like, you, Stucky's kicking game could be anything next year. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, who's going to start. I think who I I know is going to start or what it's going to look like in the future, but they are, they're searching for answers and they're kind of spending resources to fix the problem, whether Mm -hmm. it's room on the roster, scholarship capital. You know, Mike Pryford Jr., I think, Nick. Yep. Uh, He's who you're talking about is pretty much. He's coming in to coach the kickers, right? Like, bullware's yeah. a special teams coordinator on the staff, but Pryfer's QC, who's doing more kind of the technical side of Correct. the kicking game and helping, I think, Boulware build special team plans, whether it's kick coverage and all yeah. that good stuff. And so they're, they're, they're devoting resources, assets, to fix the problem, and they're going to have options. So, like... If they're gonna have a kicker and if he don't make the kick make or misses a kick or two, they're gonna replace him, I think, is what you're seeing here potentially. Yeah. If the punter does if the punter shanks a couple, they're gonna replace. or last year they just didn't have any. Like Ruffalo struggled, the long snapper struggled, Goodfellow had some bad moments, his long snapper struggled, and they just didn't have any replacements. Like they were just kind of stuck yeah. with them when they well, hit a bad stretch. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think the other Next part year.
0: that you should expect, too, Luckett, is that the operate, if nothing else, the four should be higher with the operation. Like, it should be cleaner, and if a guy misses a kick, it's an execution deal, and not necessarily just because dude's yeah, one over his It's net. hard to
2: imagine it getting worse than it was last year. I mean, last exactly. year was bad.
0: I mean, Barry on browns returning was really your only thing you could take solace in in the special teams game. Yeah. Which, and then R- you know Ruffalo what?
2: had a good game against Louisville, but other than that, and it won. You know, one yeah. bad snap, probably won him the Missouri game, but like... It was bad last year. There's yeah. really no getting around it. Like, the old Miss game was, like, if you go back and watch that game, it was awful. Like they couldn't make an extra point. It looked like he probably made a field goal, and they, they said no good. It looked like it went through the left. And then you trip the your right.
0: returner as he's going to then score. Then you all yeah, right, you, know, you trip. I mean, like,
2: Barry Brown's going to have a walking touchdown. You trip him. It's hard to imagine it being any – like, that was – it was pretty bad in that game. Whew, and the Tennessee game him. was awful, too. Like, you had, like, a 15-yard punt, I think. You missed the extra Mm -hmm. point early in the game.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: It was just bad. There were some really bad moments. Really bad. Georgia, you get one against blocked against Georgia. I mean, there's a ton of – it was just – it was bad. It just got – that can't happen anymore.
0: Uh, Well, moving forward, we are – since visits are quieting down, this is – I guess we'll have – Sort of a period where you're expecting and hoping for a couple of commits. A few guys I'm going to have my eyes on. Willie uh, Rodriguez, tied in from Covenant Catholic. Uh, Tavani Mizell, who the more I dig into him, the more fascinating he is. Because Yeah, he's
2: an interesting prospect.
0: Yeah, because he was really highly thought of early on in the process. In South Florida, hell, he even committed to Georgia. Transfers to DeMatha. And I don't know if it was the SoFlo spotlight wasn't on him as much. I don't, I don't know what the deal was. Um, but he's his stonks, in, at least in the recruiting rankings, slipped. Um, he's one I'm keeping an eye on. He just wrapped up an official visit. One that's fascinating to me is Kendall Jackson because he's a player. And, and the thing is, is Anwar Stewart uh, has gotten a lot of criticism for his lack of recruiting chops. Um, but he's been in on some big guys. And I just don't know how to handicap it because his we, we haven't seen him do much big-boy recruiting. And Kendall Jackson is one of these dudes, too, where you felt like Kentucky always had a chance, but he's from Gainesville, and his dad hosts a Florida podcast. I mean, what are the chances that when Duke becomes a recruit that I'm going to legitimately think about him going to Tennessee? You know, like, it's just not it's, – it's hard to see that play out, but – you get his mom talking real nice online, and then, you know, from everything I've heard, folks at UK seem to think that, like – I mean, they've been on this guy a long time. and Florida's taking some D-line commits. Like, they think they might have a shot here. So, I'm I'm fascinated about how it all plays out. And the other side of this, too, in the nil era, how much of it are they just trying to squeeze money out of Florida? Like, I don't – I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, but I'd love to win one over Florida because they are very chessy right now. And I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about how great Sunbelt Billy's recruiting is. It pisses me off. Yeah, like a, f- a few things. They're hot right now. They're hot right now.
2: A few things off of that. Um, Tavani Mizell, he's changed high schools a bunch. So that is, he's back it's in Fort Lauderdale so fun, now. Yeah. So that is weird. Like, why did he go to the Matha? Why did he leave after a year? Those are all questions uh, and concerns maybe I have. But you've heard on the tape there's a lot to like. Like he had he's like a real receiver out of the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. They're lining him up in the slot and he's running legit routes and he's making catches down the field. Um, and then as a runner, he's got some some breakaway speed and he's breaks some ta- and he's breaking tackles and he's probably going to be 190 to 200 pounds, so he's not a small back. So I think there's some stuff to like about him. North Carolina has a pretty good track record at running back. They're all in Javante
0: Williams, most recently, was pretty good,
2: and so like that's that's promising. I like that. So if you get him in the fold, I think you need two backs. I think you're looking at him and Jason Patterson, and they're a nice little combo. Because when you kind of dig into Jason Patterson, he's more of a one of more of the bigger back you've seen. Nick, uh, it's going to be able to run in between the tackles, break tackles, fall forward, uh, be uh, be an efficiency. Type of back, and he led the state of Florida in rushing last year. He's from the panhandle, Jason Patterson. Like, they were like, you could tell the offense was totally centered around him. They were just putting him at quarterback and letting him run Wildcat, and he's running through tackles, breaking off big runs. Uh, It's Kentucky, Cincinnati, Boston College, and I think he's OVN at Vanderbilt this weekend. So that's one you feel like they should win for Jason Patterson. And you get him and Mizella in, that's good. I think that's a good running back room to feel about. And then you add that with cocktail I like those wins like I mm-hmm. think they're all all those guys can be legit players I like that what they're doing there and you the, mentioned uh, go ahead
0: one, one thing I did not like about Mozel and this is an old man thing um, does a lot of spinning wait right? too many spins spit you spin or you leave your feet boom you get hit yeah it's, and, to, and that's it's some high school stuff right there to like,
2: me though he's like he's not four. gonna be a back it's Kentucky's trying to burn clock and form an offense, that's this is not him. No. He is more of a, a explosive play generator. Like you're gonna want him to bust a run, um, throw it the ball to him out of the backfield. Yeah. Things yeah. of those nature. Like he could be a good complement, I think, to Patterson because of that. Right. Because Patterson's more of the former. More it's the guy so, who could churn out twenty carries. It's more of the retrain in my brain. When
0: was the last time you saw a Kentucky running back spin? You think Eddie Graham yeah. is coaching spins back in the day? I don't think so. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, so that that that's 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 more just me being an old man. That's mm-hmm. dumb. Um,
2: and I I do like that you mentioned Amar Stewart uh, to mm-hmm. switch gears a little bit because I've noticed that too. That might have been a conversation, like, we need you to pick up the recruiting. Because didn't he get a pay cut or it was close to the same wage for this new I mean, deal he, he signed?
0: Yeah, it was basically just the same. Deal,
2: uh, Maria. and that doesn't happen. Yeah, typically. Uh, so yeah, I think there was there was maybe a little like we need you to pick it up a little bit, and he was right, part like he.
0: They they let go of settle when that wasn't. He I mean he I don't I don't know anybody he recruited there. Boweare is already right. helping with three backs, but um, we conceivably helping with three backs. And Amor has a little bit more rope too because he is a former Wildcat and also his. Position groups doing pretty good. I mean, it's not yeah. um, a high production yeah. sort of deal, but that has, that could be like the strength of the defense this fall. So, yeah, no
2: um, doubt. But right. I think he was. I think he was in on the Antoine Smith recruitment. Um, Jonathan Daniels. That's Pensacola. That that's his area. Yeah. So you're starting to see. I think his name pop up a little more, which mm-hmm. is a good sign. Uh, and Kendall Jackson, like, you have to use some common sense here. It's going to be, like, it's hard to envision that kid not going to Florida.
0: Yeah.
2: It just is, at the end of the day. It's just hard to envision that. So, that, to me, like, that's going to, to me, Kentucky needed him to push his decision date back. Like, I think this recruitment needed to linger, so Florida filled up. And so it gets to the point if he's not ready to make a decision, then Kentucky can swoop in. The I fact love that, that he,
0: he, he moved it up, but he I mean he, moving up to July twentieth, that's a month from now. I mean, you know. Well, I could have him between now and then.
2: So to me It's all weird. You're right. It could be they might be trying to get like more more cash in the bag. More yeah. cash in the McDonald's bag.
0: Well, and um, even our friends at Gators Online are I don't know, I want to say sounding the alarm, but like, oh, this could be something. So it's, it's just, it's not, you, we have, we have to uh, conventional wisdom is not always correct in recruiting now in the NIL era, but to your point, common sense does ultimately prevail unless he's just, you know, I, I don't know this kid personally by any stretch of the means, but like, unless he's just really wanting to get out of town, there's Going to be hard to see, or
2: or Kentucky's offer is substantially bigger than Florida's.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And that, but on the other hand, too, that's always a uh, maybe. Two years from now, like Florida guy hops in the portal, Kentucky's his first option.
2: You know, yeah. And you mentioned
0: recruiting now; you're also recruiting uh for three years from now potentially as well.
2: Like speaking of that, Mizell's first cousin was a top Mm. 100. Receiver recruit out of Orlando, and he's a freshman at Florida this year. Yep, Aiden Mazel. So if you get to Mazel, you know, you might be able to, you know, if you want to play that game, like projecting, which can be tricky to do. Right. But yeah, right. that could be, you know, could could be a good landing spot. Seven. Yeah. Whew. A lot of moving parts here. Um. But Jackson's, like, he is a, you know, we mentioned the D line recruiting is a worry. Like, that'd be a great win, like, D line. Um, I think he's going to grow in to be that traditional kind of 3-4 field in that Josh Paschal played. He's twitched up, can shoot gaps. He can be, provide, he's could be he got some, a Havoc playmaking skill set. Like He's a guy I think you could potentially get pretty excited about. That would be a really nice win if Kentucky can pull it off, but I just have a hard time picturing that. In defensive line, it's like, what are they doing at defensive line? Jackson and Kirk's are two prospects I like a lot, but like I don't know if they're going to get right. Jackson. And the Kirk's yeah. recruitment has been weird. Yeah. Uh, he cancels his UK ov. I was like, well, it seems like he's going to Wisconsin. Hasn't committed. Right. Released a what top five, top six yeah. on Monday. UK was, mm-hmm. UK was in it, so it's Kentucky. They're going to have to get him on an ov eventually. So, gotta hope this lingers into the you know December announcement at this point, and can you get him on campus? So, yeah, uh, that's just kind of where they where they are right now, the defensive line. It's not like a huge knee, but it's not. It's a position you want to address every year because mm-hmm. they could return everybody off this defensive line next year. But it's a position you want to address every year. You don't want to go a year without addressing it. So if they could get one of those guys, I think that would be a really nice pull.
0: Well, um, I think it's safe to say we had a really nice pull today here on the Josh Caddis fan club. Uh, happy to have him on to start the show. If you're tuning in late, go back, check it out. And you meet him and a bunch of other Wildcats uh, this week, Wednesday at Evans Orchard. It's a Summer Solstice Summerfest. So they're just one of, uh, you know, a bunch of things going on out there. I think they're having like carnivals and stuff for the kids. That's from 4 to 9. They're going to have all their pit bulls out there uh, with a bunch of cats. So you can go see them then. Or this Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. at Country Boy Brewing, another adoption event. One with, I mean, it's beers and brews. What can go wrong with that? You cannot beat it, and you can't beat 11 personnel. We appreciate you all joining us today for a little summer talk. Uh, as always, we sh- should be back here right, right around this time next week. Uh, only three weeks away from uh, SEC Media Days. Am I right? No, It's getting here fast, man. We'll fast be here approaching you know football will be here before you know it. For Adam Luggan, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Green.